until you get absorbed in and you are sonic. Hey everybody and welcome back to No Repeat, a podcast where we pick three songs every week with no repeats and no do-overs to create a perfect playlist for every occasion life throws at you. I'm Taylor Olmsted and I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Reed. You know, I've never really had a problem assembling Ikea furniture. And Sean Evans. I think, uh, what was the last piece of furniture that I assembled? Oh, it was Ikea furniture actually. And it was at my sister-in-law's house. I feel like it, it, it comes and goes. I feel like sometimes you're building furniture for a long time, and then you're not building it for a long time. So I mean, they're really just adult Legos. Uh... I feel like Legos have become adult Legos, but that's beside the point. <laughs> I agree. Tyler, what was our challenge this week? This week, we are challenged to find the perfect song for assembly furniture submitted by Bugs Be the Sheep. And if you want to submit your own challenge, you can DM us at us at Newer Peapod on Instagram and Twitter. Or, as always, you can send us an email at at norepeatpod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. As we alluded to at the top, when most people talk about assembling furniture these days, they're talking about assembling IKEA furniture. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because if you're buying furniture that isn't assembled beforehand, chances are it's coming from IKEA. Although lately they've kind of been messing me over, so I've been going to Wayfair a little more. But that's besides the point. Um I think the last thing I put together was a TV stand. Like one of those multiple shelf things that like you mount the TV onto it. And I gotta say no matter how much time you spend between furniture assembly sessions or no matter how many pieces of furniture you have assembled, there is always this feeling when you first open a box of flat pack furniture, at least for me, where I look at this mess and think, this ain't gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> this pile of particle board and dowel rods is not going to support a 50-inch TV. Like, this is devil's magic. This isn't gonna happen. And inevitably, I get stuck at some point, or I end up with like one piece extra for no discernible reason. But I do like to think that in general, I can get these things together, usually on my own. And if Josiah, my fiance, is helping me, it's probably going to take at least half as long, because he's going to ask me questions about each step. So I usually just like to do these things when he's not here. I just put them all together. If there is a step that requires multiple people to lift something, I might wait for him. I might just tough it out and lift the thing. Because for me, furniture assembly is like, I have to put on the blinders and I'm doing this. But what about you guys? What is your approach to the assembling of furniture? Big open space. Crucial. Make sure you have lots of lots of room, more room than you think you need. <laughs> I mean, that really feels like the only thing to me. I think the last thing the last thing I made was a bed frame, and before that was probably like uh, a table, like a. I think it was like a discounted like IKEA table. I was like, oh, this is perfect, and that was pretty easy. Like it was just like screw on some legs together, and that one was like no big deal. So you know, I haven't really had a whole lot of challenging projects recently. But, I mean, I've definitely put together some Ikea shelves. I would say that's probably the most extreme thing I've probably done, which is which is to say not very. <laughs> uh, I had a previous experience with, uh, uh, like, sleeping on an Ikea bed and just... Because <laughs> those, those like, beds not super great. Not, not 
recommend Ikea f- for a lot of things, but not for things you're sitting on and using a lot. But I don't really have any specific uh, requirements. I don't feel like I've done enough to really have a preference other than lots of space. Uh, I think I need a, a space as big as what I'm about to build. And the reason I say this is because maybe like four or five years ago, we built, I don't know if I'd call it like a bookcase, but we got it from World Market. And it was like a very big drawer, no, like sliding door slash drawer mid-century modern ripoff thing. And it weighs like 300 pounds. And it took like an entire living room to build. And that was probably the most complicated build your own thing that I've built in terms of furniture. I think the key to that is just having that makes me mad about something like that is it came with like wrenches, like Ikea furniture. Right. But if you try and build something like that, just using that and not like a power drill or a regular screwdriver, your hands are going to just fall off at the end of the day because it just hurts so bad. Um, yes. Good for them for trying to make it as simple as possible. But sometimes with, with Ikea furniture, even I'm like, God, if I have to screw one more table leg onto this, <laughs> stupid desk my wrist is gonna just turn off yeah pro tip young people buying lots of flat pack furniture or just people who are furnishing on a budget i guess ikea sells a little battery operated powered screwdriver it is not a drill it cannot drill a hole in a wall but it can screw in screws without destroying your wrists and giving you carpal tunnel. It's like 10 bucks. It comes in a little orange and white plastic case and it's in like the hardware section right before you check out. Buy that. Also, just go ahead, get on Amazon and buy a set of Allen wrenches, like one US set, one metric set, a nice set. Because inevitably, one of your pieces of flat pack furniture is going to break and you're not going to keep that little Allen wrench that came in the box. Like, you're just not. <laughs> I think that was part of, one of the best parts of flat pack furniture is revisiting it in two months to tighten all the stuff again and make sure that when you set down a glass of water on top of that cabinet that it doesn't come just sliding down into a pile on the floor because stuff moves. And heaven forbid you have to move it. That's that's a death sentence. That, yeah. that furniture's not coming back. No. Yeah, just... Take it apart and put it in the garbage and buy another one. <laughs> this is what your this is what your life is. I'm actually seeking to get to a point in my life where I can just only buy assembled furniture and have it delivered. It's honestly the goal. It's not that I don't like or that I like find something wrong with getting flat pack furniture. I just don't even want to put it together anymore. Like I have other things, other hobbies that I get the tangible like, like Legos. From. You could just get some yeah, Legos. Yeah, like yeah, like I'm I'm so busy callousing up my fingers with Legos that I don't have time to use my sweet baby soft hands to use a wrench. If I can't just We can't all be Jack White. We're not gonna build our own chairs. We're just not. <laughs> you don't have a lathe in your home next to your no. bed? You no. don't just you don't eat a sandwich off of a lathe. You just Love and respect well, to all could, those though? who do. But not my thing, not my bag. A nice big sub. <laughs> so that being said, when the time comes, when you've moved into your new house and you just, you know, 
you need a coffee table. You'll get a better one later, but you got to slap something together. What are we putting on? What's the soundtrack? What's the approach here for just getting through this admittedly unpleasant process? Oh, I don't know. I took the challenge in a little bit different of a direction. I don't necessarily think that putting it together is unpleasant because I love the gratification of finishing it at the end. I took it in terms of like, what does building flat pack furniture mean for me today? So I tried to find a song that described that or felt really good for that. And... That's I'll I'll just leave it at that because once I explain my song we'll we'll get really into that but yeah. Uh, so I imagine I feel like uh, assembling furniture as Taylor was kind of saying it feels like the start of an adventure start of something new you're in a new space you're sort of getting a refresh in some capacity maybe you're building a life with someone but I feel like I wanted a song that's sort of like you know wasn't wasn't too too much you know I feel like this easily could have been another like vaporwave adjacent sort of song i could have chosen another eyeliner song and because i wanted it to be like like sort of like uh sort of like elevator music in that capacity where it's like you know it's not this grandiose thing it's just sort of like you know a kind of a common everyday sort of activity you're gonna do but i kind of decided to set on something that sort of like uh was a little upbeat felt like it gave me some momentum you know it wasn't but it was soft you know maybe it felt like it gave me uh feelings of like maybe like some hope or maybe maybe feel that just gave me a little bit of sort of like uh like from the legend of zelda ocarina of time like the hyrule field sort of sound it has like this nice fluttering of of birds of of like sort of like synthesized birds or something and it's like ah it's a brand new day ah everything's gonna be all right and just try to get myself in a good mood because like i feel like it can i feel like there's you know like one misscrew and you're probably gonna be having a bad time you lose one one part of the thing you're searching for it there's a lot of opportunity for things to go wrong very quickly so i want to just keep it posy keep it you know not like too grating so tyler and i had very similar approaches here i wanted something upbeat a little propulsive got some movement to it but i was really trying to do like the montage song from a movie because you know i want to feel good about this experience even if in the moment it is not a great experience so I'm imagining the, like, setting up the new apartment montage of, like, and then the bright-eyed country kid moved to the city for the first time, and this is them putting together their first apartment. Like, that montage. Because I'm trying to, like, capture the promise of new furniture and, like, the excitement of it, and, like Sean said, kind of the uh, the satisfaction of being done with it. So, like, let's just crank up to double speed, do a little construction montage, and just be done with it. That was kind of where I was at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, uh, why don't I just go first? Yeah. This week I chose Girl Inform Me by The Shins. Girl Inform Me, all my senses want me, your clever eyes could easily disguise some bad. Girl Inform Me is 
a deep cut off of O Inverted World, the first Shins record from 2001. It's the album that most people probably know because a couple of the songs from it are in Garden State. You know, it's relatively important to the plot of that film in ways that I will not explain at this time. I love this record. It's a good twee 2000s indie pop record. And when I think of this record, I think of that kind of like mumblecore filmmaking that has those kind of like, I'm new in town in like the best way kind of vibes, like very early Zoe Deschanel vibes. And there's something about this song in particular with like, it's very uh, angular guitar melody, but then it's kind of like uh, glissando um, uh, harmonium going on so the harmonium for those who don't know is kind of a precursor to the synthesizer it is a fan-based uh electric organ kind of somewhere between like an accordion and an organ like I, it's really interesting i'll put a link in the show notes of how they work they're very cool instruments but that's the like kind of 60s-ish key sound that you're hearing on this track and that in particular combined with that like real trebly guitar it just feels very bright and very happy to me it feels like the promise of new things and so i'm imagining kind of a little montage of me like you know using a rubber mallet to pound in those tiny little dowel rods and like screwing those screws in and just building my twee little flat pack life back before we had any illusions about what this might be and everything was just promise and you hadn't accidentally stepped on one of those weird circular toggles and felt the pain of a thousand suns on your foot. I see it. I guess I didn't realize in listening to the shins before that there was so much vocal overlapping. And yes, lots of like double and triple tracking and harmony tracks. And I like I like that and I like I like this song because I feel like it harkens back to some nice 60s easy stuff like the Beatles and stuff and Beach Boys kind of has a little bit of like a pet sounds thing but it feels like a nice way to like reinvent that stuff it calls back to it but doesn't really do the same thing um I think it fits the vibe and energy that you're trying to go for really well too it connects very well maybe that was supposed to be a pun or turn of phrase <laughs> I'll, give it, furniture, I'll give it to you but like I, right. it, it didn't mean to happen that was organic um <laughs> i feel like i'm used to a little bit heavier of shins like what's the other what's the album that they have that it looks very similar to this but it's like the beige and black uh port of morrow yeah i feel like that's how i am more familiar with them where the black and white album it I remember them based on colors because they're all kind of like variations of the same thing a little bit. Um, but yes, they definitely get more heavy in their instrumentation yeah. later on. And this feels really nice and round and upbeat. And that, when I heard this for the first time, I was like, okay, this feels very Shinzy, but it's not what I was expecting. Like when he put it in there, I was like, all right, let's see where this goes. Uh, and then I was, at first listen, I wasn't, I was like, yeah, all right. But now that I'm on to like my seventh or eighth, I'm like, yeah, this works. This, I like this song. As I should say, it works for the challenge, but yes, I like this song. So I think generally, uh, as like an alternative rock band, 
from basically our childhood, you know, like our teens and et cetera. I feel like this is the sort of band you would put on when you're moving because you like you set up the turntable and then you like put this on or whatever. Or it's like, you know, you got to listen to sort of like an old classic. But I feel like the shins for me were always like a band like I listened to by like kind of like how Franz Ferdinand was for me was also sort of like this feels like it's it's too mature for me right now because I was still listening to like pop punk and stuff. But, you know, I was very much into the girls that like the shins. This is very much my my zone. Um, (laughs) But I genuinely don't think I've ever really given the shins a shot, aside from, like, a few of the singles. So, you know, uh, is there an album you would recommend, Taylor, in particular? I think this is a good one to start with. Okay. Perfect. Um, and so that being said, I feel like as an album from like, you know, sort of like your past or you sort of feel nostalgic for it, it already feels good as like a building furniture song. Um, and I would say that I I feel like it really clicked for me as this pick when you described it as like a montage, because this is absolutely also a band that people would put in a movie, of course. So I think I think it's it's perfect in that way. Um, I, I feel like kind of... Also noting on what Sean was talking about, I feel like this song is very much dominated by the vocal performance, like in the mix. And and I feel like there's other songs like that I've heard that are a little more are a little more bouncing or or more uh you know, have a little bit more instrument forward. And I and I feel like yeah. Yes. So what I'll say to that is uh James Mercer, the front man and primary songwriting force behind the shins has said many times that he does not like the way this record sounds unfortunately the old hp pavilion desktop tower that had the original stem files for this and the shins second album were was stolen out of his home and so when the 20th anniversary of this album came around all they could really do was remaster it they couldn't remix it because he doesn't even have the files anymore they're just gone forever wow Okay, well, that makes me feel better because I think like the core of the song is good. I just think that, like you said, it's it's yeah, it's mixed would, a little with. He would agree with you. <laughs> I feel like they should just do a Taylor and just and just remake it. Just do the. Whole- I agree. I think an upgrade, an updated production on this record would really bring it into the acclaim that it continues to deserve. But I think this is a nice light, sort of airy sort of a cutesy song that I feel like would fit perfect for a, a new chapter of your life. Good pick. Well, Tyler, do you want to go next? Yeah, sure, why not? This week I chose Thirds Seen Clearly by Brendan Edder Ensemble. <laughs> a relatively new artist for me but uh from what i've experienced there's sort of a sort of little ensemble that's has uh that kind of takes like the jazz format and just puts some interesting spins on it and i feel like they they kind of try a bunch of different sort of like styles subtly with each project but on this one uh i think the most notable part of it is that it's sort of like a very much a a a rock drum and 
like a sort of more like a little bit funkier uh, sort of baseline. And I feel like when you take those components and you add it on top of sort of like a pretty traditional sort of like jazz composition, I feel like it gives it a little bit of life, a little bit more momentum in a different way. It feels like it makes it a little bit more approachable to uh, a general audience, you know, um... And so I feel like I really love this song in particular because the the flute and I think there's a oboe in there and I think there's an alto sax. I think those are some of the instruments in there, but I feel like they just have this nice like airy white feeling to them. And there's a nice like level of repetition that kind of goes on that I don't feel like uh, it adds a sort of like comfort to it. But, you know, the soloing isn't too, too obnoxious that like it can be, especially with like a saxophone, because like... As we've kind of talked about before, like doing a Kamazi Washington style, like like real like jazz sax honk for like three minutes is like a lot sometimes, and I feel like this really takes it under uh, really understated. It's really under control, and I feel like the song has a nice build up, has a nice build up, and I, I feel like sort of feels like a small adventure, feels like a small start to your adventure, feels like the first steps out, and I feel like it, it just gives me a, a good, nice sort of like content feeling for doing something that could that could be a little tumultuous so yeah i gotta say i was really lukewarm on this the first listen but subsequent listens have really made me fall for it because like you said it is an interesting combination of jazz forms and kind of like funk and rock forms it feels to me like a more understated version of what wolfpack does you know it's like this kind of like jazz pop jazz rock for maybe more of an indie alt audience like it's in, it's designed to be approachable and i think in some ways that's what you need in this scenario you know it is kind of on in the background like you're listening to it for sure but it's not like you're sitting down and pouring over a miles davis record you know uh i think the thing that really captures me about this is also your point about it being like a little journey it has such distinct sections to it and it kind of moves through them without feeling segmented but you can you can feel the build and then the drop and then the build again and you really feel like you accomplish something at the end of it which i think mirrors the experience of building the furniture like you know you go through a lot of steps and then you come out with like a nice finished object at the end and this song feels like just a perfectly complete piece like no spare parts does what it needs to do gets out two minutes 59 seconds yeah under five by a log shot (laughs) oh man had some complicated listens to this song sure and it really landed on the not my thing kind of the fence i can see that for like Odd reasons, maybe, and that I'll explain here in a moment. Let me just start by getting this out of the way, because I feel like there might be listeners to this show who can relate to me on this one. And maybe you can help me, because that's more what I'm asking for. In a lot of ways, I find jazz as pretentious, because it has a reputation of being unattainable. And on top of that, if you have listened to the Billy Joe Armstrong, where you talk about sparks, or... You have heard us talk about the movie on before. I highly encourage you to watch it. Um, it was very good and very eye-opening. It is difficult for me to listen to playful music. Mm, yeah. 
So when I hear this kind of thing, it's already triggering me once because I feel like jazz is written by people who love music for people who love music. And it's not always fun to listen to. It's not a, for me, it's not like a passive experience where I can relax. It's very much about academic dissection. Um, and then the other part of that, it, uh, it, of that is it's the, clearly they're having a good time and I feel that energy in their music and I just can't wrap my head around that right now. Like I'm capable of listening to funny stuff and I enjoy it. Like you can't listen to the chats and say that you, you know, you can't be into funny music, but at the same time, but it's, it's, it's rude. It's a little rough. Right. Yeah, it's right. And I feel like with this, it's just, it, it, it feels, and Volpec strikes me in the same way. Yeah. Right. Like it's highly accomplished people making highly accomplished, accomplished art. And I feel like that draws in a particular kind of crowd. It draws in a particular kind of audience. Deservingly so. They're accomplished musicians. You can hear it in the composure. It's technically a really good song. Why I do like it is because it reminds me of just in your, imagine for a second in your head that you're assembling furniture. And instead of there being a saxophone and a flute, that there are, it's those lines are being lyricized and sung by Arcade Fire. And I hear that, and when I do, I'm like, oh, I get it. I like it. It's like, in, and that's what I mean. Like, I feel so conflicted. I want to find something ab- about jazz that makes me like jazz because I feel this, and I'm just, it's, I like it because it reminds me of something that is easier to digest and doesn't feel like I'm, it's hard for me to think of being active with my hands. <laughs> Sorry, warning. Warning. Sean's a very simple person. He can't chew and drink water at the same time or walk. And, you know, blink. It's a, I live a very simple life. Um, listening to jazz and putting stuff together is just making me more irritated. Mm, okay. It, it's, the, it's like loud music and parking. The, those two just shouldn't live together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's I, like, I get it still. And I think there's very specific songs that I feel like I pick that are, that are jazz-centric uh, for for challenges because I try well aside I feel like the Kabasi Washington was almost specifically intentionally graded because it was a Metallica song which that one I feel like listen I I know what I did <laughs> but <laughs> but I don't I don't feel like I go I I maybe I'm simple in a different way because you have the the unlocked knowledge of like music theory and when I'm listening to uh jazz i'm not thinking about the complex patterns that are happening the things that are going on i'm simply just enjoying the almost the improvisational nature just sort of the the sort of fleeting nature of like i am they are making sounds happen and it's just gone into the ether and never to be performed again it's just sort of like just the sort of like the it just kind of sounds cool and that's like it there's not a lot like you're like, oh, I like I like this little riff here. I like that little part here. But I totally r- relate to you on things being fun or funny. Like I for some reason I don't like Wolfpack because it feels a little gonzo in that way. It's they're like they're like we're trying like we're being wacky. And so like that doesn't always like work for me. Like I feel like the songs we've picked so far have been like good, but like I'm like I don't know about a whole album of this. You know I I, I don't I don't need all this. Um. 
So, like, I totally understand um, when people are trying to write, like, joke music or things that try to sound like a joke. It's also, I feel like we are both kind of on the same page about, like, uh, Tenacious D. <laughs> I had to think about it. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, ah, I don't know if I need this. <laughs> but just wait until I make you do a whole episode of Weird Al. Next Diva series, baby. That's right. <laughs> Listeners, if you want a Weird Al episode, you have to DM us, you have to add us, or else it is never going to happen. Just like oh, the don't challenge, worry, it's going to happen. Just like the video game challenge episode. No one's ever going to, they're never going to get picked. You have to, you have to make us do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sean, what do you have for us? All right. This week I chose Day by Day by Old Sea Brigade. Discovered the song uh, maybe like a week, week and a half ago on a discovery playlist generated by Spotify's brilliant algorithm that is about ten percent right, which is higher than a lot. Um, and I kind of knew this challenge was coming, so basically the the mood that I was putting in because we I don't know we all have moved probably since we've been on this show in some way shape or form. Um, and like, sometimes when I think about how much I've moved, it reminds me of, of how I don't want to do it anymore and how I'm getting sick of it. And I feel like I'm, as I'm getting older now, I don't want to do it. Like, I don't want to put up with the, the crap of having to move. So it's like really weird for me because I'm confronting a lot of myself here and putting together furniture because I think, oh, I should be doing something. I shouldn't be putting together furniture, I guess is what I'm saying. And not the reason is because the reason is because I feel like I'm letting somebody down if I continue to do this in a way, because I know like you guys grew up in the same town. You know this. You probably heard your parents say it. Mine say it to me all the time that they hope that I have a better life than what they did. Right. And it feels like right now as the pandemic is going and inflation is high and it seems like morales are just crashing down around us that this goal is becoming <laughs> like more and more unattainable. And so when I'm putting together furniture, I'm thinking about like, man, there's just a, there's a lot of things that are going on in my head. Is this right? Like, should I be you know, I'm blah, blah, blah age. I figured it would be better by now. I wouldn't be having to like, maybe you were putting a car seat in a back seat of a car, but you weren't putting together a Ikea desk in the, a $99 Ikea bookcase. Right. In the middle of a pandemic, because you can't leave your home. And you know, like you're just trying to keep, you're just happy that you have a job through this, you know, like it's just, (laughs) Right now, I'm just in this really sad place about this kind of stuff. So I needed to find a song that 
encompass that. And I think that this song really did it for me that lyrically it's kind of about looking back at yourself and not recognizing that person or like what are the, you know, how the future is coming at you. But also I like this cool bass line and the cool synth line that kind of play on top of each other. It's mixed really well. And and it just makes me confront stuff about myself that building furniture apparently gives me enough brain space to do. I can't listen (laughs) to jazz, but I can reflect on bad decisions and how I should be doing stuff better. So... (laughs) Boy, you really took us to a place, Sean. That's why I went last, because I was like, you know what, let's rip everything down. Let's break down uh, these emotional walls. (laughs) I really... I feel what you're saying. Um was having a conversation with a very dear friend of mine uh, today and he's talking about doing a cross country move for a job. And he's like, man, I think I've only got one more of these in me. Like, I think wherever we go next, this may be it. Cause I can't. And I'm like, yeah, I, I feel that like to my core because you're right. Like, all of us, uh, this friend also grew up near us. Uh, there was this expectation of like doing better. And, you know, I think everybody wants that for their kids, but there was something in particular about like growing up during the 2008 recession where it was like, this isn't going to happen to you guys. You're going to be okay. Boy. <laughs> Didn't go as planned, huh? <laughs> Um, and you know I remember seeing those things maybe five or six years ago about like millennials are going to be the first generation that's financially worse off than their parents and it's like yeah you know in some ways in other ways not but in some ways yes it's a really complicated claim but I think this song does a very good job of like looking back on yourself looking back on your choices in a way that is melancholy but still has like a push forward it's like it has been this way but i don't want it to be anymore and that i think is kind of a good way to think about like this assembling furniture creating a new space process as well of like even in the worst scenario it's still kind of a beginning it may not always be like a welcome change, but something different is starting and it gives you this opportunity to reflect and decide like what you want this next thing to be. And so in that way, like, you know, the the emotional journey resonates with me. The song itself, I think, is stellar. I had never heard of this artist before and I am so pumped. I am so pumped. I want to check out their whole catalog because like you said, just incredible arrangement here this running bass line is so like new order ish and like super catchy but then the way that they use the synth as a counter melody is fascinating it's like i don't know how you write those two parts separately and bring them together in that way like i would love to know which one came first because it just seems like they were like they emerged from the ether together into this song. They're so perfectly matched. And yeah, the mix is great. Um, the drums are so tightly mic'd. Like it feels like they're right up against your ear. This is this is how rock music should be recorded. You know, this is one of those challenges where 
Sean's song is like, whatever notes I'm going to write, I'm just going to throw them out. Like, it's because like, like, how is he trying to angle this? Like, which far, which way is he going? It's like, nope, whatever it was, it's not, it's not what it's going to be. But <laughs> I think it's interesting when we do decide to do like a much more almost like very personal, very introspective version of, of a challenge. And so I feel like you can't really be, I feel like this is a challenge is like, you can't be wrong. And so I think this is really interesting that you decide to take this opportunity to sort of reflect on sort of like your life and sort of like your your experiences. And and, and I feel like this song uh, tonally, just like aesthetically, musically, aesthetically does reflect that. I, I can I can definitely see how you came to this song in that regard, because on top of like aside from like the lyrics being literally the kind of things you're kind of going through it does sort of feel like you know uh kind of progressing forward you know these drums are kind of really kind of keeping pace but it it really has that sort of like like taylor said like almost like a new order kind of vibe where it's like deeply melancholy but it's it's sort of like like well what else are we gonna do we have to we let's throw a, a sweet synth on there and let's keep the keep these drums going and we're gonna try to have a good time while the world is crumbling around us and so yeah, so I feel like, regardless, I think this is a good song, and I think this is a good a good pick from you. It's good, good. I like it. All right. So this week, <laughs> on assembling furniture, we have a few, uh, actually, a, kind of a couple new names here. So let's go ahead and start. So at seventy one DPI, picked bare hands, bare feet by Bright Light Social Hour. I've never heard of this band, but I love that name. I think you'd be it'd, it'd be right up your alley. I feel like a lot of Alex's music choices are are, are synergistic with yours. It's gonna have to just like uh, go to him when I need bailed out. And then at Bailey Christine Studios, they said, "Do I do chores?" To they, uh, we are not men. Album by Devo. I feel like there's got to be something on this album that I know. Hold on, I have to look it up. That's the that's the Devo album with like Whip It and everything else on it. Or no, sorry, that's not the one with Whip It on it. That's the one with Uncontrollable Urge. Um, that's the first Devo album. You definitely know songs on that. It's a great record. I almost picked a Devo song for this. Oh, nice. So. I need to see you. I'm I'm reading that album name as to be fair. There's there's a longer version of that name title, but they just. That's just what they gave me. I just copied their comment. <laughs> yeah, the full title is question, colon, are we not men? Answer, colon, we are Devo. Incredible. Such a cool band. Uh, they're they're credited with being from Akron, but they're definitely from Kent. <laughs> and Clear only someone who's lived in that part of, the, <laughs> of town is like, this is important. <laughs> it's different. Deep friend of the show, uh, Zach Schonkweiler picked Darkest Hour by Lil Roar. I feel like I have not heard of this one either. It's a little bit more of a... I, I took a quick peek. It has a little bit of sort of like a folk revival adjacent sort of vibe to it. I, is, I, I like this name too bad. Is there a lot of haze and hose in it? No, there's no haze, no hose. It's like a sort of post... Post hey-ho. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then last, Ivan, Ivan Glasgow picked Schism by Tool. Uh, he also left this comment that says, <laughs> I know the pieces fit. <laughs> this is the kind of comedy gold that we expect on this show. <laughs> so, uh, Josiah also had one that he came up with at dinner, which was Last Resort by Papa Roach. Oh, yeah. 
because cut my life into pieces this is my yeah. last resort which just Definitely. to be clear we would be crucified if, if we chose schism by tool there's no way so with that it's time for our b-sides i feel like i need to come up with something that has a furniture related b-side so hold on it might take me a second to come up with that b-side but you guys got him go for it um let's see i had i mean it's a furniture challenge you have to pick rock and roll's greatest upholsterer jack white so i had three women by jack white um stuck on you by rac featuring phil good uh everyone but you by the front bottoms and then i don't know why but for some reason new shapes by charlie xcx off the new record just felt like building some furniture to me that's kind of hot i've been to that (laughs) i mean just why not and then uh on the debo front i would probably have picked either their cover of i can't get no satisfaction or jocko homo both of which are on that first debo record it was never gonna happen but uh, a sort of baseline for this challenge was Social Science by Maxo, which is, of course, uh, by the now-defunct Cool Games, Inc. podcast. So I could never have chosen it, but it would have been a very funny pick. Uh, and then Room Temperature by Faye Webster, just because I feel like she's got to get on this podcast somehow. Uh, Visit Croatia by Alabaster De Plume, which would have been another jazz pick that uh, Sean would have probably would have also not enjoyed. Uh, the Step by Haim. Pinch Me by Bare Naked Ladies. I felt like Pinch Me would be fun just because it's sort of mel- like sort of mundane. I feel like that would be good. And then, you know, I slapped in like three or four sort of just lo-fi chill beat songs that I really enjoyed. And I was like, I'm not going to pick these, but they flavor it real nicely. And just because Ivan inspired me, I would definitely pick If I Had a Hammer by Peter, Paul, and Mary. Of course. Because why not? It's been in it's probably been in a joke that you've heard in your lifetime it's a pretty infamous uh course but well tyler if people need help building their billy bookcase where can they find you don't contact me for that uh you can find my design illustration work at rootpets.club and as always you can find me on socials rootpets club on instagram and twitter sean if people want your opinion on picking out some pre-made canvas wall prints where can they find you you can find me on instagram at telly sean the live laugh love thing oh yeah and if you're having trouble discerning which of the plants are plastic and which ones are real i can help you with that over on the socials at tc olmstead all of these songs will be on the official no repeat podcast playlist which is available on spotify and apple music no assembly required and we'll be back next week with another episode of no repeat <laughs>